Um, but this is Successfully Chaotic with Maria Daniels, and I have my guest today, Mr. Phil Better, and I will hold back from singing the theme song that I made up for him. I'll say <laughs> that for another day, another time. You're welcome. And Dalton and I actually just met in the back room, so um, I know not that much about him, except for he is the founder of Banting Court Capital. So I'll let you both kind of introduce yourselves a little bit because obviously you're going to do a better job than I do at that. I'll let Dalt go first because I've already been on the show, so it's only fair yeah. that uh, the cherry get pot for Dalt. Go ahead, Dalt. All right, right on. Uh, so yeah, I'm a I'm an advisor um, and the founder of um, I'm an advisor at Bandicore Capital. I'm also the founder. So I've been in the financial services space ever since I graduated from U- university. I've worked as a um, pretty um, clean and cut financial advisor, just selling insurance, mutual funds, uh, segregated funds, all that good stuff. I've worked as a currency broker, um, exchanging currencies and setting international payments for small, medium and large size businesses. And uh, that was my most recent uh, position where I worked as an employee before I left uh, to start Banting Court Capital. And basically what I do, what I do is I, um, I consult on investment portfolios and design trading algorithms uh, for traders in various markets. So uh, we have stuff for people that engage in the stock market, for people that engage in the currency market, uh, commodities, so on and so on and so forth. So yeah, maybe what you're should... saying is you're really smart. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. You're like, <laughs> maybe I should be first. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I'm not very have. smart, but the algorithms that, that uh, we <laughs> okay. build are very smart. Put it that okay. way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't sound so impressive now when I come in. I'm just the podcast mogul. I just... I just produce podcasts for entrepreneurs and uh, small business owners. That, that's all I do. And I host yeah, six of my own and I host. To sneeze at though. That's, a, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, it's being able to be able to get people stuff out to the world. Podcasts, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to do that because anybody can do it from anywhere. Yeah. So I think that's an amazing thing. And I, I love that we're going to have this discussion today because I have a, a a long background with investing. I'm going from none background, like knew nothing about it, thought only rich people could invest, you know, people that came from, you know, Silver Spoon, you know, multi-million dollar, I thought those were the investors. And, you know, I went early on in my life thinking that up until I kind of realized kind of what investing was and that I could do it too. But then it was like, it was always a joint thing because I'm married. You've probably seen the picture of me and my thousand kids that I have. I have seven, which some days feels like a thousand. Um, So it was always like a, family type thing you know my husband um his job matched all his investments for his you know ira and all that so we would push into that heavy and you know everything was based on family it wasn't until a long time later that i started really looking at my own stuff because i was self-employed and like a lot of people that are self-employed um you usually are really his poor job at retirement savings and stuff like that. And um, until you figure it all out. So, you know, at this point in time, you know, I'm a lot better. I wouldn't say that I'm like super amazing. Um, I mentioned, I don't know if you heard me when I was saying I have a financial advisor. I'm glad I have a financial advisor. That's why I have financial still. (laughs) You know, you need people to be able to say, "Uh, that's a terrible investment. You know, don't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you you deal with that with a lot of people, too. And um, 
I, I'm on the group that you all have. Um, I guess we should probably talk about that too, that you all have like a group and you have like the podcast and all of you all kind of share about that too. Yeah. So yeah, we, we're from uh, me and Dalton uh, or Dalton and I met through our other coach, Tony, who couldn't be here today because he's taking care of his child and has to work because both Dalton and I are oh, non-employees. Yeah. We are owners of our own crazy business that drives us insane. But we also manage uh, a group called Stock Market for Beginners. And Tony brought me in because uh, he wanted help on his podcast and I came in to help them manage the group, but then I pitched them the idea to create a weekly live show like you do uh, called Stop Dirty To Me. Uh, I to love go- that name, by the way. <laughs> I, when I seen that, I was like, yes, yes. I love we can't, that. I, I want to take, <laughs> take all credit for it, but it's actually the group that came up with the name. So we, yeah. we pitched the idea to them. They voted, they submitted a whole bunch of names. We went through it. Uh, we put our favorite four uh, on and Stop Dirty was, you not nearly unanimously chosen and so we started doing lives uh every week i think we started on wednesdays and then we transfer uh no we started on sundays and then transferred to wednesdays and uh we just we talk about some topics from the po- uh the world of investing because i know nothing about investing the only thing i knew about investing was uh buy low sell high and i if you work for a company and they say we're going to match and invest in the company you just have to put in we'll match it do it right away that's all i knew then (laughs) then our co-host tony uh has a degree in economics and also is a retail investor uh just before the 2020 like explosion of everybody wanting to make money he started investing and grew his portfolio to a very nice sum uh, and his knowledge is used on that way because he's a bit further than most of the uh, people in the group. Like I'm the newbie, so most people get like are asking questions like I would ask. Tony's the guy who's been doing it for a while, who where we want to get to, and obviously Dalt is the super smart one who makes a lot of money investing, and that so he's the wisdom that we're learning from. And we occasionally have uh, uh, our good friend uh, Lloyd Ross come on and just sell i not sell ideas Which I love his lloyd. I like lloyd. <laughs> he's a great i love lloyd too yeah, yeah that's how dalt and i met and how we uh we host a podcast that goes live to close to fifty thousand members so that's awesome well and i know i love just the dynamics that's in the group but i haven't talked much in there i've just kind of been like the lurker like this like, mm, I'm here. yeah that's I how everybody start starts <laughs> Yeah, that's how I've just been lurking like I'm here, but you can't see me. But um, no, there's a lot of great discussion going on in there all the time. And I love that. It seems like no matter what the level, I know it says like, you know, stock for beginners or whatever it was, the stock market. Stock market. So the group is stock market for beginners. There you go. So anyway, it says for beginners. That was my point. The point was it says for beginners that you get, you know, all levels of questions in there, but it never seems overwhelming and it never seems underwhelming it's there's such a balance of information going through that i think it's a really great group i definitely would not consider myself an expert in investing even though i've got i've got a lot of it types of investments at this point but some of it i was hesitant to learn for a long time um because of bad experiences with you know public companies and um you know specifically with uh, I was involved with a public company back in 2019, I actually had a whistleblow on the company. So for a hot minute, I was like, no, I want nothing to do with public companies. I want nothing to do with investing. I want nothing to do with anything to that world. So it's just actually now that I'm kind of starting to get back into wanting to be involved again. Um, and so I've been, that's why I've been lurking. I've been lurking in there like, yeah, is it safe to come out? Is it kind of safe, <laughs> safe to come out and play now? Because I, I've always had this interest in, you know, making money and learning. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people out there that are like that, like maybe not like me, that's whistleblowing a public company, but to the point that maybe they're nervous about losing money or investing. Um, I'm going to ask this question to Dalton since he's the, he's the smart one here. Um, not, I'm not like putting you down, Phil. But, it, it, it's um, no, like, please you ask you're him. A beginner, so, I'm you know, way beginner. Okay. So <laughs> like if somebody's looking to start, so say that they, you know, maybe they got an IRA, but other than that, maybe they never invested and they're interested in getting an, a, you know, started. What, what do you usually recommend that they do? So I can't, I can't, unfortunately, uh, uh, Phil and I are ca- Canadian, so I, I can't speak too much about um, 401ks or IRAs or Roth this and that. You don't have I- those there? So we have, we have different. So we have what's called an R- RRSP. I can't 
really I, retirement savings plan. Yeah. Um, and we have a tax-free saving account. Those are okay. our versions of a Roth and a Roth RRA. Okay. Well, I mean, still, potatoes, potatoes, it sounds like to me. How yeah. I don't know if that's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. in Canada, actually... but in Ohio it is, so I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can actually our our tax tax free savings account is is a lot better than anything you guys have there. I, I was very surprised um, when speaking with a few Americans about how 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 few amount of of dollars they can actually hide away and what they can actually sell tax free. Uh, so we actually have it very very good with our with our TFSA here. But I'm not really generally, some things are better in Canada. What can we say? Uh, yeah. yeah. I have I have never paid tax on any of my investments yet. One day I might, but not not yet. So um, well, that's not how it works. You're here, they're like, "What? I smell a penny. What? I smell exactly. a penny. You have a penny." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but generally, <laughs> overall, I mean, the first thing like we have a lot of people um, leave emails and uh, and DMs talking about you know what's the best way that they can make make money, and the first thing that uh, we always say is keep it extremely simple and you go out and you buy an S&P 500 index fund or a NASDAQ 1, 1, 1, 100 index fund, depending on the level of volatility that you are okay with. These are, you know, S&P 500 has been around um, yeah. for long, long time, you know, over a hundred years. Um, then you have, or not quite a hundred years close to, then you have things like, uh, like the Dow that has been around for over a hundred years and the NASDAQ 100 index has been around for, I believe, 30 years. So all these indexes, you know, they're long running and, you know, they're as close to a guarantee as you can get in the market because they rise at a certain percentage every year. Long run average for the S&P 500 is 10% per year. So everybody wants to know, you know, what do I do when they first get into in, in investing? The first thing, just buy SP500 index fund, get hooked up to the main index. It's the it's the you know the index score that you see on the TV screen every day. Keep it simple, invest in an actual ETF that houses the 500 largest companies in the United States, and you will generally be fine. I think the big mistake that a lot of peop people make is they try to become individual stock pickers, and that's that's a big no-no because uh, the average beginner investor tends to go for the more lower price stocks because they think that those ones are going to go up um, even faster than say what Google is at 2000 or 3000. Um, and that's quite often not the case. So just to keep it simple and to make sure that you're in all the 500 most profitable companies in the United States, it's just to buy that SP 500 index fund and uh, you will generally be okay. And if you contribute monthly, um, I believe a hundred dollars per month over 40 years. So even if you started with $0, $100 per month invested in the SP 500 for 40 years will make you a, a millionaire. So, and I think that's a tangible number for most people's budgets. Just think about, and I can't remember, um, yeah, it was a becoming minimalist. It's a group that I follow. I went through this like, you know, Marie Kondo phase where I was like, mm -hmm. if it's not bringing me joy, I'm getting rid of it. So I'm like, min I become like this. But you still have your kids, person. right? I do. Okay, um, I had to think on that one. Are you going to go right now? I'm not feeling that you are. Go outside. Um, but, you know, I think that there, anyway, I was following this group and I think they said it was like, I'm probably going to get the math wrong on it, but I think it was 2740 a day. If you saved or didn't spend, you know, twenty seven forty a day, then that was going to add up to like ten thousand and one dollars. You're the math was here. Maybe that doesn't like well, I don't have my calculator right here. But um, anyway, point is, is it doesn't take a whole lot of savings to add up to something. And, you know, no matter what your budget is, you can take that down to even ten dollars a day or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, the key is to start somewhere. Um, what, as far as like, I mean, I know there's Bitcoin and dodge and like all these things jib and all you hear all this stuff all the time apparently you're laughing so i'm hitting um a button i like that so um actually why just share with us why the the laughter first um so we are notorious as admins and mods and uh, the host of the show to not be a fan of crypto well yeah. we we like specific cryptos like bitcoin has been around long enough that there is something but we're not we don't say it's like don't invest in like your portfolio should not be a majority of crypto. Yes, yeah, some people get lucky with their crypto, but the majority of people made their money with Bitcoin when they <clears throat> when they bought it 10 years ago, when it first came out. So it, when you hear something like when we hear safe moon dogecoin uh or like musk coin or any of those altcoins, 
we we tell her everybody don't it's not worth it it's a pump and dump if you've already heard about it it's too late like it's exactly same with bitcoin you heard about it like four years ago yeah it's not going to be anything think about back 10 years ago when someone mentioned bitcoin to you like crypto what the hell is wrong with you like no it's never going to happen we are not replacing paper money with this imaginary money on the internet so the paper money is also imaginary yeah it's 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 since <laughs> since you guys de uh, yeah. deconnected it from gold like the money technically has no value and when they say cryptocurrency has no value it's a little yeah same thing but we 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 advise them like if there isn't some way to turn it into an actual product or it's not tied to anything it's not worth it look at it as an investment that's going to pay off in 10 to 20 years are you willing to invest in this company and think it's going to become like google like if someone came to you like, yeah, I, this is, you know, Google to you, like when Google first came out, would you feel comfortable investing in it? If you have a coin that's called a shit coin or a doge coin, I'm not investing in it because it's like, it's a meme coin. There's like nothing behind it. Like Bitcoin has a cap when it reaches 21 million coins, there's no more Bitcoin. Yeah. So it's a finite presence. So that is great. When it's an infinite coin, there's no purpose to invest in it because the value can disappear in an instant because they can just keep printing money or printing the coin. Well, and I think that the way that I've always looked at, um, well, I like I have I have a Bitcoin because that's how I look at it. I always look at it like like playing like a slot machine or something. Like, mm. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, um, but I don't really count it as part of my actual investments. It's just kind of like if I get lucky, great. And if I lose my, you know, 10 bucks, whatever, you know, and that's how I kind of look at it, just like playing the lottery. Um, and my financial advisor says that's okay, you know, as far as I don't know what you tell your people, but my financial advisor says it's okay way to look at it. It's just like, you know, if you wouldn't slap, you know, a hundred bucks on it, you know, at the casino to say, let's see if I'm going to win it back, then don't, you know, don't. That's pretty much yeah, how so we do it. We yeah. say like the risk should be like less than 5% of your portfolio. Yeah. You're exactly going to consider it consider it uh an investment it's five percent of your portfolio put it in if you get lucky something that won't hurt you financially like a hundred bucks if you can go to the casino and slam down a hundred bucks then you can yeah. you can not go to the casino and slam it into a, a an altcoin or into cryptocurrency and it maybe it will pay off maybe it won't but don't hang hang for life on those coins mm -hmm. now I, I agree 100 but i mean that, that's how i do it but you know, I think like I've got I've got a bunch of them. I'm um, just little bits of it here and there. And I I usually will um, buy into ones that I kind of like what the company is about or what they're doing or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll put 20 bucks into this one or 100 bucks or I don't even think I've done. No, I haven't. I don't think I put more than 100 bucks into it. Some of them I've actually done pretty well. And other ones, it's just like bye bye 20 bucks. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things you just don't risk what you can't afford to lose. Or that's how I look at it. It's just it's, it's like playing like. Like I said, the lottery is like playing the lottery. I'm like, yeah, I'll put 20 bucks on. I'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. You're absolutely right. It should be whatever you 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 put into that space should be um, money that number one you don't need and money that you you are pretty sure that that money is 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 just about gone and it's a it, it's a complete gamble and in 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 no way if that should crash to zero are you going to be financially hurt in any way. And that's the that's the maximum amount that you should actually put into there. And uh, a lot of people have actually struggled with that, though. So you've done it the um, the uh, smart smart way, Phil, as well, and and myself. Can I get that in writing? But, I would like to have like that on a sign, where I can like hang it right here. We don't. <laughs> you no, know, we don't give out signs anymore. We got into too much trouble. Oh, <laughs> I would just love to have that, where it's like Maria, you did it the right way, because I don't hear that a whole lot. Because usually I am that person. I'm like, mm, let's try this. I'm the you know, nose dive. And then mm -hmm. after I go, Ooh, that didn't feel too good. I'm not going to do it like that again. I'm definitely the learn the hard way type of person. And that's how I've come up with my rule that I don't afford <laughs> what I can't, or don't risk what I can't afford to lose. And I think that that can be said for anything. Um, I haven't been a member of the group long enough to know this may not be something you'll talk about in there, but do you all talk about tangible investments too, like real estate and stuff like that? Or is it just only stock? In the actual stock market group, it's just uh, it's stocks, um, a little bit of cryptocurrencies. But again, we stick we try to stick to market leaders. So things with developed com uh, developed companies and, you know, millions of dollars behind them, actually real companies. There's a lot of cryptocurrencies out there that are run by uh, groups of four friends from their basement. 
um, with no money behind them and no companies. Those are the ones that go to zero. Uh, so we stick to those leaders. And then we talk a little bit about uh, futures trading, commodities trading, and um, and that, that sort of stuff as well. That's awesome. So have you seen a lot of, I guess, people getting just getting into investing because of the group? Like, hey, I'm going to try this because I feel like that would be really spraying and be like, you know what? You have inspired me, Phil and Dalton. <laughs> we do. We, we've uh, we've had a few people jump on even during the live show and mention because we always we love the encouragement, love getting the interaction. And we always start to show, say, hashtag live and where you're from so that we know we can sh and we shout them out when they show up in the show. So, um, yeah, we see a lot of people going, guys, thanks so much. You helped me, you know, fix my st start investing or, you know, uh, I was scared, but now you guys are giving me the courage to uh, start investing and, or some people actually go, yeah, we've used your link because, uh, we have, uh, affiliate links for uh, public. And I think, uh, another one that people can use to start investing so that they can start growing for their future and become wealthy instead of just rich. That's awesome. So. As far as like, again, let's going back to getting started, what do you think stops people from investing? I mean, I shared that I was just, well, first of all, I thought only rich people could do it. So I had none money when I first moved out of my house of my family that also had no money. <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't even think that was an option for me up until far, far, far later. Is Do you feel that that's a common theme among people that maybe wasn't raised in a house that talked about investing that they think it's not for them? Pretty much definitely yeah. yeah definitely lack of lack of money is definitely is definitely one of the of the stressors or reasons for not getting in into the market as well as lack of of knowledge those two two things go i guess they kind of go hand in hand um a lack of knowledge will lead to you having a lack of, of money in the first place and um and that's kind of what we find i think i think the way of the way of solving that is is just you know educational resources uh, first and foremost, that's one of the the best things. You know, read as much as you can. You know, everybody has the internet now. Um, it, it's it's never been easier to get access to to information. You know, if you were a stock trader in 1950 or 1960, uh, you know, the 70s back in Warren Buffett's heyday, you know, it was very very tough to make a dollar in the way that he did. But to make a dollar today, it's it's extremely easy because you have access to everything online. It's a simple Google search away. So that's one way to do it. And as well, when fractional shares started to become a thing, I believe a couple of years ago with the introduction of the Robinhood brokerage, now you can invest in any major public company for as little as $5. So it, you, now no longer do you need like $2,900 to buy one share of Google. You could buy one share, of, you could buy a fraction of a share of Google for $5. $5. And if Google uh, rises 20%, you still make 20% on that $5, right? So uh, these things have have kind of changed the, um, the, the, the market. So it's actually easier to get in. There's less barriers to entry and information is plentiful. And we do that at Banticore Capital as well, because kind of how my company works is it's an education first platform. So we publish a blog and we do right now, starting last year, we did two articles per week. Now we do three articles per, per, per week. We have 161 articles over the last two and a half years. And basically what we focus on is educating people and the blog is free. So even though our services cost money, our blog is free. So you can use what we, what we post in the blog to make your own money or make your own good decisions. And typically the people that become clients, at Bandicore Capital are people who really like the blog. So uh, that's kind of how we how we do it. And I think that's the good way to do it. You share the value, have them start doing it themselves. They kind of get some small wins and then they're like, yeah, Dalton, I'm ready to make this bigger and make this go further and then become a client probably. So, I mean, I think that's a great way to do it. Other than, of course, URL's group, the podcast, your blog. Do you have other publications that you recommend reading or books that you recommend reading? Wall Street Journal. Uh, Wall Street Journal is a great one. I'm with them. Um, millions of people are, I'm sure. Uh, costs, I think, $10 per month to get access to their digital sub subscription. And it's not just it's not just stock news. It's you get all these early deals alerts and um, and stuff coming down the pipe, the, the pipeline first. They have such a big company there and um, many, many um, what's it called journalists that are going around speaking with CEOs of public companies. So they kind of get a whiff of stuff before the general market does. And so for $10 a month, that's, that's an easy way to keep yourself on top of the market. 
And um, my two favorite books, I think I'd have to say um, Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits by Philip Fisher and One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. Those are those are two of the best books that I, that I read. And I was like, this actually, you know, makes investing make sense and keeps it simple. Um, I find sometimes people make it way too complicated than um, than it actually needs to be. Awesome. What about you, Phil? Do you have? Well, there's. You were ton- very shocked that I said your name. I'm very sorry. You were like, "What me?" Uh-huh. So like, what? It's like I'm when you get when you're like falling asleep in class and they're like, <laughs> yeah, "What's your right. thoughts on that, Phil?" And you're like, uh, "No, I was uh, I was going to say Tony's podcast, uh, Stock Bros, is a great." Uh, stock bros. yeah stock bros it's him and his brother just talking about different uh things about like the stock market and investing it's a bit less uh it's more formal and well-rounded than our stock show that we put on ours is to just to help people understand what's going on and answer your questions and then the intelligent investor is probably like it's it's the core like it's the like bible pretty much for most investors they start there might as well start there learn there and then go on to the books that Dalton said, because that's going to take uh, take you to the next level. And uh, yeah, Adam, just start listening to our podcast, and you'll start. You'll see that it's not a scary. Start place. reading Dalton's blog. He just told there you. Go. Yeah, three there you go. blog posts per week. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, I think a lot of people don't, and you know, they you hear the horror stories um, of stuff, and I just partially told mine I had a whistleblower and a company I got involved with. But I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, usually I'm like, go big or go home. It's like, not only do I just start investing, but I'm like, I'm getting involved with a public company. I'm not just going to start putting in money. I'm going to get involved. And, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't know any, I didn't know anything. Um, and I think people hear these horror stories of stuff and it almost kept me from, I was like, I'm never dealing with, like, I was blinded. I was like, I'm never dealing with it again. But that only lasted like a little over a year. And then I'm, back at it again but i'm taking it out a different approach now trying to learn and not just diving in again head first like i tend to naturally um do with things and i think that's why adam like you said it's scary it doesn't have to be if you you know take the advice from people who are telling you what to do and what not to do and you don't just kind of like jump in head first without reading anything about it (laughs) well it's it's simply this we we our generation, like we grew up, but we had like three major financial crises that we had to deal with. So like we had the dot-com boom, we had the 2000 uh, housing crash, and then we had a bit of a, a spike here with the uh, with the pandemic. Like we've dealt with like stuff that other generations haven't, and we were never educated either about uh, fi- our fi- finances, right? And most people like Dalton and Tony had to go get either degrees or actually had to get the on the job learning. And most of us haven't, most of us worked our nine to fives that don't deal with finances. So when it comes to the stock market, we only hear the glamorized versions that Hollywood has been pumping out or the scandals that we hear in the news. And so it's like, yeah, I don't want to risk that. Or it's like, oh, I missed out on Facebook. I'll, I'll never be a good investor. And when you just look at it, the stock market's has so many like there's so many avenues to just make your money if you just go you know what like dalt said an fnp uh, s&p 500 company an etf that has them all there like vu or vti or triple q you put your money in there a hundred dollars a month and then you'll be fine and you you don't have to worry about it. It, it you have to realize like warren buffett didn't become the, one of the richest men overnight it took him nearly like 80 percent of his life because it wasn't until lots of failures lots of yeah you know like he he he, the way he did it and you know steve jobs same thing like these guys and mark zuckerberg got lucky with one hit you know and like the people who invested in it had had years of knowledge about spotting those proper things they're not beginners so like there was a wave of ipos that dropped and we were telling people don't get into the ipos there's no point because like it's not an established company. You have no idea what this company is versus, you know, and and a lot of people got were upset with us because they're like, no, no, we're gonna make money. We're gonna make money. And then like three, four weeks, uh, three or four months down the line, they're in the red and they're complaining. And it's like, we told you, like my, my one rule for investing is if the company's not more than five years old, I'm not investing in it. Cause yeah. I know businesses take at least five years, they'll sink or swim. You know, and if they're five years on the stock market, they're around, I can see their profits. I'm like, okay, here's their history. They look like they're trending up. Okay, it seems like a safe investment and then I'll invest in it. But right now, because I'm still a beginner, I have two stocks. I have my company that I used to work 
score. They did a, a what's called like a resop where you they match your investment pretty much. And then I have uh, I have uh, Vu. That's all I do. My, I don't touch the the stock anymore because I'm not with the company. And I just put money every once in a while when I can into Vu, and that's it. And I'm happy. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm good waiting 40 years down the road because I'll be 76. I'm going to be happy at 76 to have a million dollars sitting in my bank account from this, or even more because the appreciation that's going to happen and the knowledge that I'm getting just from being in the admin group, just the admin having access to Tony and Dalt. And our CEO, Johnny, who uh, sometimes shows up, sometimes doesn't show up on the show, but he started the group. And he's mysterious, he's, right? He, he is. He's mysterious. He's an okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he shows up in the group and he posts, and but he's busy running his investment companies and that. So like just having the knowledge that uh, they have, and I get to ask questions because like they say stuff and obviously Dalt and Tony's are speaking a completely different language than I, I know of. And then I ask questions and they're more than happy to answer. And they answer the same in the group. And it's like, you have a question and you add Dalt or you add Tony, they'll be there answering the questions. Sometimes they'll tag one of either myself or uh, the other one to say, hey, maybe this is a better question to be answered by them. Like it's it, the more knowledge you get, the better you are. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've never heard anybody say, well, you know, I wish I hadn't learned that. <laughs> Ever. I've never heard anybody say that. Right. So, I mean, I think that's a big thing is just keep educating yourself. And, you know, I, I do like kind of playing around with some, like I said, some of the new companies that come up and I'll throw 20 bucks or whatever. My husband, um, he's kind of more involved on that stuff than I am as far as like um, getting into kind of the new cryptos that are out. And he has done some of the, the ISOs. Um, actually, he's got a couple and he's done pretty well on them, but he, he kind of uses the same rule as I do is, you know, is not something he's looking at like a true investment he's gambling on it you know putting i think he put the last one i think he put like 1500 or something on it and he can afford to lose 1500 so it wasn't a big deal but he's looking at like a gamble and not like a true investment like hey this is going to be my retirement when i'm older type of thing and i think i think to me that's the dividing line i think you can kind of play around with some of these things if it's kind of like that but if you're looking to bank on it like hey when i'm retired this is what i need to live on you know, I, I agree 100% that kind of sticking with things that have been around for the long haul is definitely kind of the way to go with that. Um, what, do, what do you all think about the metaverse stuff? All that have you, I was thinking as much as um, you all love um, crypto, you'll really love the metaverse. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Don't you want to take uh, this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. The metaverse is, um, so there's, there's a few things. The metaverse is uh, well. It's it's a lot of things, but what it's what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be an immersive, um, persistent uh, virtual reality world, and the keyword being immersive. So there's there's a whole bunch of virtual reality worlds right now that aren't immersive. So there's things like um, uh, Decentraland and and Sandbox, which are the you know number one and number two virtual worlds built on the on the blockchain. Um, I believe, uh, and don't quote me on this, I don't know too much about Sandbox, but Decentraland is built on the Ethereum blo blockchain. I think Sandbox might have their own blockchain or they might be built on another pla I uh, platform. So. I don't know. Sure. I don't know that. My, my husband does. He's he's read books. and Anyway, continue. There I make fun of him for it, but continue. <laughs> So those are, those are virtual worlds that people are calling the metaverse, but you can't. Um, you can do a lot in there, and they're pro programmable because they're on the blockchain. So you can have a host of smart contracts that do a host of of, of things. You know, Decentraland has you know casinos. They have art museums, and you can actually go to the casino and gamble, and you can actually go to the museum and buy NFT art. So there's those sorts 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 of things and practical use cases that people might want to enjoy. Um, I've actually been to the Decentraland casino and I've and, and I've gambled there uh, because it's an hour drive for me to get to the casino here and gamble. So if I want to go to the casino and gamble, I'll play the roulette yeah. at the Decentraland casino. I can access that from the comfort of my home. So those those things are pretty cool, but they don't really address the immersive experience of the metaverse yet. And I think I think one of the major leaders, and it's 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 heavily discounted in in markets. It always is because people don't like the CEO of this company, but Facebook is probably the leader in immersive virtual reality. If any any of uh, any of you if you guys or any of your viewers have ever put on an Oculus headset, it will bloody change your life. 
uh, you're actually in there. Like you're not just like playing on a computer screen, like you are part of that game. And so that whole immersive experience, immersive VR is what the metaverse really will be. And um, Mark Zuckerberg and um, Facebook's uh, subsidiary Reality Labs, they're doing a whole lot of work right now with allowing you to um, not only just see and interact with something on screen, like say in a Decentraland, but actually allow you to become part of that screen, of that virtual reality. So the Oculus headset, of course, it puts you into the game. It has 360 view. So if you turn around, like it's going to scale to see what's actually, what would actually be behind you in that VR world, which is pretty cool. And then they have this, um, what the haptic glove, which is still in development stage, but Zuckerberg tried it out, I believe a couple months ago, where it allows you to, it's a glove that you put on. And when you were interact with something in the virtual world, say if I had like a phone, right? I have my phone here. If this phone was in the virtual world and I grabbed it, the haptic glove will simulate the feeling of me actually holding the phone. So it'll feel pressure. So you won't be able to squeeze your hand completely and close it as a fist because the glove has pressure points, which will simulate the shape of uh, what the actual phone would, would be. So that's pretty crazy. Um, and all, all the while you have this virtual headset on too. So you're seeing it and you're, you're in, you're actually there in the virtual world. So they're doing some things now with all this immersive tech and, uh, reality labs is the subsidiary of Facebook that handles all this next gen stuff. And actually 20% of Facebook's entire workforce is stationed at reality labs one fifth. That's huge. And they expect that to come up to 50% over the next 10, 10 years. So Facebook, I think, is going to be the market leader as far as immersive virtual reality tech, which should be what the metaverse is. Um, that is the textbook definition. It's not just a virtual world, but it's actually immersive. So you actually have to be there. So Decentraland and Sandbox, these these are good programmable on the blockchain um, virtual worlds. But unless you can actually be there and be in the Decentraland casino, not just playing it on a screen, um, that is kind of the next step to where... Um, well, if you get to that point, you're not going to want to live in real life <laughs> very much longer, right? So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of scary, and it's kind of um, the next, that's yeah, matrixy, exactly, yeah. exactly that. Well, something that's great about this tech is like for long voyages, like like you have Elon Musk planning to mo- go to Mars. Well, you're going to be bored as all heck when you're like not doing your scientific stuff on that voyage because it's going to take you f- like six months or however long to get there with this technology. Like they're planning on using it to, you know, keep people sane. like, hey, I can visit Rome or whatever in the while I'm traveling or I can have a meeting with my family or something like that. So like, yes, this technology right now seems scientific, science fiction and all that, but in the future, it's going to be part of our everyday life. So it's like, it's, it's coming. It's just how soon. I know uh, my husband started getting into whenever, I don't even know. It's, I feel like it's been like forever. And I was teasing him hardcore about him. Like, Whatever, you got fun with your matrix plan, but I'm out. But he sent me um, some books that he's been listening to. One of them is um, The Metaverse by Terry Winters. Another one is... Um, Metaverse for Beginners by John Russell. And I got, I listened to both of those are on Audible. I listened to both of those and it started to make more sense and kind of click together like the benefits on something like this. And because, I mean, when you hear something like this, and especially when you have never experienced anything like that, you're like, whatever, this seems ridiculous. Go ahead. If you want to you know, waste your money on that, go right ahead, Chad. You know, your money. But I mean, I can actually see that being something tangible um, in the future, because we're really not that far away from something like that now. I mean, a lot of us I mean, look right now, we're on StreamYard and, you know, streaming and talking from different parts of the world. And it's not really that big of a step ahead to go to something that is metaverse. Well, you have to remember also, most of the people who are in Silicon Valley grew up with Star Trek. And in Star Trek, you had the holodeck, which was like this purely three, like you step in in programmable world where you can have a story or you can be anywhere. So they're all watching, they're all, they all grew up watching that and like, I want that. So they're creating it in with the metaverse and like, we finally have the technology, we can get to the one point to that place. And they grew up reading these science fiction and fantasy novels. So you have like Elon Musk who grew up with like the idea of landing on Mars and traveling in space. Cause I, like who doesn't want to be an astronaut? Everybody wants. When I was growing I up, I want to be an astronaut. 
I was gonna say, yeah, no, and man, I'm, zero I'm, I'm afraid. No of one interest. I'm, I'm not afraid. afraid. It's just like I don't want to. I don't want to sit still that long. I don't care if I have Oculus like things going on or not. I don't want to sit still that long. It doesn't even. It's only like twenty minutes into this until you're in space, and then it's zero G's, and then you can float see, around. I would go the opposite. It's like give me, like let me see what it looks like up there. I would do that. Like put that on, put my gloves on. Let me try to do some <laughs> right? stuff up there. I'll do right? that. Right, but I have no interest in spending years up there just like sitting there orbiting something i am far too adhd for that that sounds horrific completely horrific. it does to me too i'm 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 the same way maria i think going up there and seeing that pale blue dot in the middle of of nothing i think that would change your uh perspective and you i don't think there's any going back from that so the world seems very big and there's so many complicated problems down here on the ground and uh, there's work, there's money, there's stocks. Then you go up there and you see a little blue planet in the middle of nothing. You're like, what the hell is going on? Why am I even doing anything on this planet? Yeah. Because it's exactly. all meaningless. And that's why I want to go up and there. That, because it's, yeah. up there you, so you can just like give up on everything. I was like, I can Yeah, quit. give up on everything, yeah. Oh, yeah. Life is kind of... <laughs> Change your perspective, man. It's life-changing to be in space. To me, I think anyway. it has the opposite effect. I'm with Dalton here. I think it would have the opposite effect because right now I am very motivated. <laughs> I am gung-ho. I like to make things happen. You like stick me up there for years. I'm be like, this is effing pointless. What am I even doing? I'm with him on this. I'm sorry. I love you, Phil, but I'm, I'm team Dalton. Right, right now. I won't. I won't sell you a, a ticket when I'm going up into space. Okay, that's good. I will. I will high five you. I will have a virtual meeting with you. We'll have a <laughs> virtual space. meeting. Yeah, oh, that, that that can happen. That's so happening. I can't wait for that to happen. That would be amazing. Anyways, yes, let's talk more finance unless my uh, my dreams of being in space and be a space pirate. So is that one of your goals? To, yes, you, yes. You, I, okay. I want to this have This is good. I mean, you have to have goals to work towards. I'm sure when Dalton yep. speaks with his clients, you know, you have to, where, where are we going? What's the goal here, right? Yep. I have very so, ambitious goals. That is, that's a great goal. I love it for you. For you. I love it for you. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I love the idea of just, you know, well, first of all, stop dirty to me. Are you all printing out t-shirts? Because I want a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt. We're in the. I, I, that's my end of the job. That's my job. I want, I want like a Pfizer. I want a t-shirt. See, yeah, we even got some product. fans in the. We got I'm fans telling in the chat. You, it's gonna happen. There we want yeah, the shirt. Because um, I, I uh, thought I was being super clever one day, and I wanted to do one called "Talk Nerdy to Me," and I'm like, I am just so smart. And then I googled it, and somebody already has it, so I was a little salty, but. Um, I love stock nerdy to me, but talk, talk nerdy to me. I thought would have been so cute, but somebody thought about it before me. I wasn't as clever as I thought I was. I was really excited too. I'm like, I'm just so smart. I was like patting myself on the back, like, woo, so smart. And then Googled, I'm like, son of a bitch. So, Always yeah, happens, like, I, we need like a shirt. We will yeah, get no, you shirts. I'll start, I'll start setting up a Teespring. So, and... Yeah, do it. I need a shirt. Um, you know, something that's flattering, but um, I need a shirt. Sort needs to happen. Handy. The visor, so I can still do my messy bun because I don't like to fix my hair. So, <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. All right, I'll do it. I have to set up the YouTube channel. I have to finish setting up the YouTube channel. And that's my next goal. My next goal is the product line so that people can uh, rep our show. Good. That's good. So... Where do people go to find you? Is your group private? I don't know if it's private. I think I got no. Five. It's it's a uh, it's so it's Public. private. So you have to apply to get in, and uh, we we have questions to know more about you and stuff so that you can come in. But you can just go search stock market for beginners. But it's and... not like what's your social security number? No, no, no. It's no. The, the most <laughs> most evasive. I just want to throw that out there for people. Yeah. Like, I'm not sharing my info. No, no the most like, evasive question, question is what's your email address? <laughs> questions yeah. so that we can identify if you're a bot. Yeah. That, so yeah, because we got a lot of bots from yeah. that. So Andy needs the four one one on. I don't even know how to say that. Dollars ZM. Topic. Hold on. Do you say dollars ZM? I'm, I'm I'm gonna think that it's Zoom Zoom uh, video. Yeah, Zoom uh, video communication currently sitting at one hundred fifty eight dollars and seventy one. It is up point ninety four today. Over the last five years, it's up one hundred fifty five point ninety eight percent. Yeah, I mean, Zoom. Zoom is one of those is one of those companies that went boom in the um, in the pandemic when everybody had to work from home, and a lot of um, office businesses bought Zoom video sub subscriptions so they could hold office meetings and communicate with their with their um, staff. It hasn't been doing so well. It's down fifty eight percent in the last year um, because um, 
I don't even think a lot of office workers have returned to work though. I think just the growth metrics, everybody that was, uh, everybody that was going to buy a zoom video subscription has now bought it. So what the pandemic did for a lot of, um, these digital, um, companies, tech technology, um, companies. Yeah. But uh, what's the, uh, the word I'm trying to think, technology. Yeah. Communication efficiency companies is that they brought a whole lot of demand forward. So a lot of, a lot of this demand that they were expected to get in, you know, 2025 from 2020 to 2025, they pulled all that demand forward to 2020. And so a lot of people, and so I, I guess the question now with these, with, with these companies is, can they still continue to find, um, find cli- clientele or has everybody that's going to, that's going to buy one of these already bought? And that's really the question facing a lot of these high-tech growth growth stocks. And this, uh, it's it's sector-wide. So it's not just um, Zoom. Pretty much a lot of NASDAQ tech stocks have um, fallen, you know, between 30 and 80%. So that's really the uh, question. I don't really have anything more to add on whether or not um, you should buy more or sell it. But one thing I'll tell you, this wouldn't have been a company that I own personally. So um, to put it that way. Well, and I think, I think that you hit the nail on the head because I mean, a lot of people did kind of like jump out of the world, like we need zoom, you know, yeah. we have to have zoom all of a sudden, but there's like, I have, I have zoom with my company, but there's only so many things you can do with zoom. Once you have zoom, you have zoom. And I know they've got some other options where you could do like zoom webinars or whatever, which I'll be honest, it's completely crap. Streamyard's much better and hop in that Streamyard has it so much better. So it's like, it's like, I think there's a definite ceiling on that. Like you mentioned that the companies that have needed it probably already have it. There's going to be just trickles coming in from there. So I think, I think that's good advice, Andy. He said he doesn't have it. So, I mean, he's a financial okay. advisor. You heard, if you were here and you heard him talk earlier, he's a smart fella. So I would, I would. And we are also do, in our do, group. What, what would Dalton do, right? <laughs> WWDD. And in our group, we, we're very open about what we own. Uh, Dalt tells often like his percentages and how much he's invested in certain stocks and that. We don't hide anything behind. Like we're if we're saying, hey, invest in VU, we have VU. Uh, it's because we believe in it. We're not going to tell you go into VU while we're over here in QQQ or whatever yeah. and making you lose yeah. money. No, we want you to make money because, one, we have nothing invested. If you make money, if you don't make money, we don't end up making money. It's, yeah. We want you to make money because we want you to be successful and get your knowledge to the next level so that in like 30 years when you want to retire, you you can. And it's not like, oh, man, I can't retire. Like some of our parents are stuck working a third or fourth job after being supposedly retired. Well, and, and I, I think that's a, that's a big thing right there. Um, I just started a newer group that's called um, West for Females. I forgot what it's called. Female financial, I don't know what it's called. It's my own group, but I don't remember what it's called, but that's okay. Um, anyways, for females. And the reason I ended up starting that was because there's a lot of women, I don't know if you've seen this, Tom, but there's a lot of women that themselves have not ever got into investing, whether it be for retirement, for, you know, just for investing for, you know, other reasons or whatever, but they've never really got into it. Um, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, I hadn't, even when I started investing, it was, you know, I would take and pay more of the household expenses and my husband could invest more from his side because at the time in my mind, that made more sense. Um, but you know, we ended up long story, but we ended up splitting up for about a year. And it was at that moment that I realized kind of like, well, let's see, I've been pushing into his retirement <laughs> this entire time. And I'm sitting over here with goose eggs. Right. So I had to get very aggressive on my own retirement and savings and investments and stuff like that. But I, I found, and I, I thought it was all just me, honestly, I was like, Oh, I was an idiot. Da, 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 da. But the more that I've talked to other women who own businesses and are also married and have children, that is actually super common that they have not put into their own investments. Like they look at it like a joint effort instead of, you know, single individual efforts and then also have it a joint because that's how we do it now. He has his own, I have my own. And then our family assets are actually in a trust that is already put in there for kids and stuff. But that is something that I should have done the whole time that I didn't even honestly know to do. Is that something that you see on a regular basis or is that just the people apparently that I know? Uh, no, uh, actually a lot of our, uh, f- f- um, 
sorry a lot of our followers and members in the uh in the uh, chat are female a lot of them are the ones that are involved a lot and i was as you were talking i'm like oh i'm going to check over our stats on uh spotify and that to see and actuality over like close to 60 percent of our subscribers on spotify are female and they're actually in the uh older gener uh, older uh surprisingly older they're 45 to 59 year olds uh generation which is it's not uncommon because they were told like to be they were supposed to be quote unquote taken care of by yeah. their partner and all that and then as we know 52 percent or like so many percent of marriages ended in divorce and these ladies unfortunately like lose that kind of nest egg and so they're trying to learn as well what what how to do it so yeah it's i'm i'm not surprised i'm somewhat surprised but at the same time i'm not because I think I might put a link if you're all okay with it in my in my group. I mean, it's just small. Honestly, it just because again, I am not a financial advisor. Nobody wants me to advise on their finances. However, I just share my real world. I mean, we even talk budgeting, we talk mm -hmm. saving, we talk little things like that. It was, you know, just things that I needed to learn. I needed to know that I found out that there's other people out there that also were like me that was not pushing into their own, you know, financial health and I, I I guess I was super surprised that it seemed like that was such a common thing. Um, I even have a girl that works for me now that when she first came to work for me, she didn't even have a bank account. And, and that was one of the things I said. I said, your first check. I said, I will hire you. Your first check, you are going to open a bank account in your name, not a joint account, in your name. Because I think that happens accidentally. I got married young, you know, and I come from the South where you get married, you pretty much, that just means that you just serve your husband and your kids the rest of your life and have no wants or needs of your own. And I never really fit that model very well anyway. I always was very entrepreneurial, but where I did still kind of fit that model was at home. You know, I had my business world where I did well and I thrived, but at home I was still very much, um, I guess the stereotypical mom, wife, whatever, mm -hmm. that everything was joint and pushed in that way. And I didn't, you know, keep my, anything for me personally. And that was a rude awakening for me when we split up, you know, and I think a lot of people don't realize it until they either, like you mentioned, get divorced or, you know, maybe there's a death and things are tied up in, you know, probate or whatever the case may be. They realize that when it's a big problem. Right. And, you know, I think that's been something that, the reason I even started that group, because at first I didn't want to start the group. It's like, I'm not a financial advisor. I have no business, you know, advising anybody on that kind of stuff. I could tell my personal experiences. So if y'all are okay with that, I would love to share your group because I think it would be great for people to learn about it from the stock market side of things. It says, Dalt, I'm getting killed on taxes. Someone whom I trust told me if that is the case, I needed to add more money into my 401k account and hide it. What are your thoughts? uh again i don't i don't know if you're on earlier uh but i i'm 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 a canadian unfortunately i don't know too much about um tax laws, laws in the states yeah we how to hide taxes in the united states if you're a canadian i could tell you exactly how to do it in tfs <laughs> unfortunately 401ks roth iras all these types of things I'm, I'm not familiar on how your how the tax code really works in the in the united states i would find a um I would find a, a, a tax advisor or an investment advisor who is uh, based in the United States. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know there's ways, I don't know, I would probably reword hide it for the legality <laughs> reasons, but I mean, um, yeah, there, I know there are ways to do that. I am, again, not a financial advisor, but I think Dalton's advice is amazing that, you know, contact a financial advisor that's, you know, in your area and I'm sure they can help you with all that. So and I, I feel like he's laughing his ass off in um, response to probably the hide it thing. But anyway, I think that, you know, that we've been chatting for about 54 minutes now. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start to wrap it up. But I don't know. Is there anything else that you all want to say or want to? Yeah, I, think, I think that was that was great. Uh, what, there's one point. Uh, Phil, Phil touched on on something. and I just wanted to make a, a quick note on it when when he mentioned. Um, Phil, when you mentioned IPOs, yes, uh, that was that, that was a very a very important thing. I just wanted to harp on that just a little bit here because uh, we are in our stock market group for beginners. We always say avoid IPOs. Reason being is because when when a company IPOs, it's basically a clear cut case to say, "Hey, we don't make any money. We run a defunct business, and we want to sell you shoddy securities to raise millions or billions of dollars." 
So when a company IPOs, just avoid that completely. They when they get that IPO cash, now what they're doing is they're trying to prove that they can run a successful business now. So they're going to deploy that capital in whatever way they see fit. And you're going to watch that company now over the next, you know, one to five years to see if they actually put that company, that capital to use in an effective way so that they actually generate a profit. There's pretty much every company that IPOs is not profitable. Somebody asked me when the last company, when was the last great IPO, the last like company that went public, but at the time when they went public, they were still reporting a profit. I said Facebook. So oh, wow. when was Facebook's IPO? 2008, 2010? Something like that. Yeah, it's been like that. close to 10 years. It's been a long, it's been over 10, 10 years. So that was the last like really great IPO where, where a company went public, but was still reporting a, a profit. Everything, all these other big tech IPOs that have come since, they're not, they're not profitable. They're running business lines that are kind of shady. And they have to, not to say that they will never be successful. They might be, but they have to prove that first, right? So there's a bunch of companies that will, you know, IPO and then, you know, later turn on, turn on, you know, big profits. And there's companies, but the vast majority of these companies that IPO will not turn profits because the business just doesn't work. And that's one thing to really watch out for. So I would say if you're new to getting into investing, avoid all IPOs. Like I know it's hard to try and avoid it because you all hear about, oh, so-and-so, my bus driver, my taxi driver, the janitor at the school said that he made 200% on this IPO. Well, good for him. He's going to lose 100% on the next one if you keep on doing that. So you have to, they're few and far in between. And again, if you're going to trade, big difference between trading and investing. If you're going to trade IPOs, if you're going to make 100 200% on that, you better make sure you sell because it's coming right back down. And so big difference between trading and investing. And when you're a good investor, all you need to do is buy index ETF and hold for the long term. You're going to be a good investor. If you want to be a good trader, you need risk management, timing, um, stock years in the market and have knowledge. knowledge. You need a whole bunch of things to be successful at trading. And it's, it's a lot harder to be a successful trader, but it's, it's really easy to be a good investor. So uh, that's one thing I just wanted to note there. No, I think, I think that's perfect. I think that a lot of people out there probably, and I didn't even think about it. You just said it, the difference between trading, because I, I've heard day trader, you know, but I guess anything that's involved in that world, you consider trading then in that point or. Yeah. Anything where you're, where you're buying and selling over a short time period. And I would consider a short time period, um, anything longer than, you know, anything shorter than five years, you know, that's a, that's a trade. It's not a, it's, it's not a long-term investment. It's not something that you, you contribute to regular, regular, regularly. You're trying to develop a, a profit in the short term because everybody knows, like I said before, the long run average of the SP 500 is 10% per year. I don't want to make 10% per year when I can make a hundred percent in two weeks on this IPO. So people tend to, um, you know, Oh, I don't, I can't wait my whole life or 40 years to make $1 million in the S&P 500 at only $100 per month, you'll be a millionaire, but who wants to wait 40 years, right? So a lot of a lot of new investors are, are duped into the get rich quick sort of men- mentality. And that that means penny stocks, IPOs, and all these other bad, bad investment decisions. And typically, when they go into those, those are typically trades, and uh, you need to be a really good trader to make it in and out with large amounts of, of profit and uh, the, the, the sad truth is new investors aren't really good at at trading, but they can be really good at investing because all it takes is an S&P 500 index ETF, get into that and you are good. Awesome. Well, what I've heard from this conversation is the way that I'm doing it, looking at like a lottery, I'm right. It's fine if you can't give me my certificate for my plaque. I can write one. Are you okay with me putting your name on it? <laughs> Send it don't, to us and we'll stamp it. Well, there we go. I love that. I think that would be perfect that I was right. Um, on that because I do like dabbling and it's fun for me you know um, it is it, I, I do look at it kind of like a gamble it's just like hmm, well, I wonder what happens if I stick 20 bucks on this you know but I bet that I'm not getting the 20 bucks back and if I do great and if I make more on it great and if I lose it oh well you know there's yeah. goes 20 bucks but I think that's the way that you should look at it I'm really glad that you told me that I'm right you don't know how much I love you right Phil knows me like this is like I'm gonna I'm be going, never going to hear Dalton. the end of this Dalton's from Canada and he's a nice guy and he says that I'm right and they're gonna be like okay yeah 
all day. I'm going to tell my husband I'm also right because we've actually gotten these discussions. I'm probably going to send him this recording afterward because we've gotten these discussions. And he's a smart guy, but he loves, loves, loves his um, crypto. And that's fine. You know, um, he, he makes good money and he can afford to, if it swaps, it swaps. But I just love that you, um, again, made me right. I just, just wanted to say that. Again. There you go. Risk risk management and trade sizing is very, very important when you're trading those types of things. So awesome. So guys, go ahead and tell um everybody where again that they can kind of follow you. And I'll make sure I'll have either me or Stacey one. I'll put the links to your stuff um in the sh- in the show notes of this. And did you I'm okay with putting your group link in my sure. group? Okay, we, we, sure. All we care about is helping educate people. So um it's a great you, group. Yeah, it's a great I'll say group. hi in there. I won't just lurk. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> I talked with them actually in person. It was a way I was right. I just want to let you all know that today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to follow just the uh, just this, just want to listen to the podcast, get your feet a bit of wet. You can go over it's stock market. Uh, sorry, it's stock dirty to me. It's uh, not the number two. It's T O. Uh, the our Instagram is stock dirty pod. Uh, we're going to be putting stuff up there, just clips from this show, so you can learn more about it, audiograms and all that. But yeah, it's stock dirty to me on uh, all the platforms, and that's the best way to go. Awesome. And let me know when you get the T-shirt because I will buy one, and I'm excited. Thank you guys so much for being on today. We will be back again live next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Successfully Chaotic, and we'll be talking again. We're still focusing on health and wealth. So you'll be happy to see who our surprise guest is. So thanks, guys. See you all later. Bye, everyone. Take care.